series on Sunday mornings that we've titled By Faith and Not By Sight. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. So many times we find uh, in our lives that we reverse that, that verse, sadly to say, and we begin to walk by sight and not by faith. Throughout the scripture, you'll find many who, who have reversed that, and we've been preaching through some of those in the Bible that have done that. Eve, she was deceived when she walked by sight and not by faith. Lot had destruction brought into his life when he walked by sight and not by faith. Samson that we preached about last week was defeated because he walked by sight and not by faith. It's so important that we understand it never turns out good when you walk by sight. Never turns out good when you walk by sight instead of by faith. And of course, to walk by faith is to, to walk by the word of God, to be obedient to, to the Lord himself, to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God as, as he leads us and guides us in this life. And so many times we get it wrong and we begin to walk by, by sight instead of by faith. Today I want us to look at a man who was distracted when he walked by sight and not by faith. He stepped out at first by faith, but then his faith began to change over and he continued by sight. If you would, if you would please stand, take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. We're going to begin reading in verse 15 because we want to get a whole context here of the scripture. In verse 15 of Matthew chapter 14 says, And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them to, hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples. And the disciples to the, to the multitude. They all, did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained twelve baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the, a ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with ways for the the wind was contrary and in the fourth watch of the night jesus went unto them walking on the sea and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were troubled saying it is a spirit and they cried out for fear for straightway jesus spake unto them saying but straightway jesus spake unto them saying be of good cheer it is i be not afraid and peter answered him and said lord if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, and said unto him, 
O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? When he, they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Back in verse 30 will be our text this morning. So, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. I'd like to preach the message that I've titled, Distracted by Sight. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning asking that you would meet with us. We sure do need the touch of God today. We need your presence. We need forgiveness of sin. We need cleansing. Lord, we need a walk with God today. Lord, I pray that you just meet with us in a special way. Pray that you work in hearts and lives. We thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in hearts and lives. And I pray that you'd strengthen each of us to live for you and to serve you. Lord, you know the need of every heart that's in this room. Lord, there may be some today that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They may be, have religion. They may be a member even of this church, but have never received Christ as their Savior. Lord, I pray that you would deal with them, draw them to you, strengthen them, guide them. Lord, I pray that they might get saved today. But, Lord, I pray for every Christian here that you would help us. Lord, as we look at this, that so many are distracted by sight. Let us not be distracted. But Lord, help us to keep our eyes upon you. Have your will and way in this service, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. The disciples had just experienced a great miracle. That's why I started where I did. They had just experienced a great miracle of the feeding of what we call the feeding of the 5,000. But, you know, a lot of times we read that and say, wow, 5,000 people. Well, if you look at that, you'll find there was more than 5,000. In fact, it says that uh, there was 5,000 there. Looking in verse 21, it says, and they had eaten were about 5,000 men. And then it goes on and says, beside women and children. You see, in that day and time, in that culture, they didn't count the women when they was making a count. They only counted the men. And so there was about 5,000 men, but then you would have basically almost double that many people that were there, you might say, be between the women and the children. I understand that some wouldn't have children and some wouldn't have wives, but there was those who wouldn't have had husbands that would have been following after Jesus also. And so, oh boy, I tell you what. Always got a bad battery somewhere, amen? Huh? Not it's on. Sometimes you've got to take out the, the, you got me now? All right, now I done tore this thing up. All right, we'll get back in this message here in a minute. There's been a lot of uh, sound men die because of stuff like this. It's kind of like it's kind of like you when you're playing baseball, it's always the pitcher's fault. Amen. <clears throat> it's always the pitcher's fault. Now I got to start all over. Y'all gonna have to stand back up again. We're we know. <laughs> Take it easy. It's gonna be all right. Amen. No, I'll tell you what. Sometimes we need some disruptions in our lives. Amen. And the fact is, is that today we have a lot of disruptions that we let people that we let create problems in our hearts and lives. You know, you gotta learn to roll with some of that stuff because it's called life. 
And a lot of people get so bent out of shape over, over that, and we should be able to smile and laugh at some of those things and go on. And I have no idea where I was at. <laughs> I was talking about the 5,000 of men and women, I think it was what it was. But anyway, the disciples, Jesus sent them to the other side of the Gal Sea of Galilee. And you say, well, that's, how far was that? Was that not very far? Well, if you look it up, I don't know at what point where they crossed over. But about the widest part of the Sea of Galilee is about eight miles. And so they was out in the midst of this sea, and a storm comes up. And the storm comes up, and Jesus comes to them walking on the water. You can imagine it being night. You can imagine how that they're fighting the, the waves, they're fighting the wind, and now all of a sudden they see somebody walking on the water. This is not an everyday thing that you would see, amen? And so they are scared, and, and uh, Jesus reveals himself to them uh, there on the water as he's walking. I want us to look at this here, and the storm, by the way, is, is, is raging there, and, and could I say that this storm was a storm while they were in the will of God? We find here in, 20, in verse 22 through 24 says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitude away. And when he, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray, and the evening was come, and he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of a sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. No, on Wednesday nights we've been preaching about Jonah, his storm came because of disobedience. But this storm was in the presence of these disciples. They had obeyed the Lord and was doing exactly what Jesus Christ had told them to do. But all of a sudden now they're in the middle of a storm. They're in the middle of a storm. Jesus being God knew what was going to happen. He allowed it or he may have even brought the storm upon them. I don't know. We don't have any idea. But he knew that it was going to happen. And they're in the midst of this storm here. Some storms in your life may be to correct you when you're away from God and when you're not obeying the Lord and when you're not obeying the Word of God. But there's also going to be many storms in your life that the Lord uses to strengthen you and to cause you to walk by faith and to trust Him, to get closer to Him. And so we see here that this storm is there and, they've, and He's come walking on, on the water. To them, can I say that there's never a uh, 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 there's never a time, uh, but what great faith is needed when there's a storm in your life? We've experienced this this week as uh, my brother-in-laws they uh, airvacked him out with the the heart problem and stuff, and uh, praying and asking God to do what He wanted to. The family gathered together there with him, and it was touch and go for a couple days there. Didn't know what was going to take place. Didn't know whether he was going to pull through this, and and yet. You know, we had confidence that God was going to do what God wanted to do. And you trust Him. And it's by faith. You learn to walk by faith in the storms of life. And, and you learn that, hey, listen, uh, when the difficulties come, maybe you go to the doctor and he says, hey, uh, uh, I got some bad news for you. And, and by faith, you take the news that the Lord's going to do what He wants to do in your life. It may be other issues in your life besides health. It may be finances or something else that's going on in your life, a loss of a job. But by faith, we learn to trust the Lord. You know, you really don't need a lot of faith when everything's going good. You don't need a lot of faith when the waters are calm, when there's no storm. But when the storm comes, the faith is greatly needed. The faith is needed in such a way that that we learn to trust in a greater way as we go through that storm. 
And so we see here that in this storm that uh, the Lord was doing a work in their lives. We also see fear turn to faith in this storm. Look with me there in verse 25. It says, In the fourth watch of the night Jesus went unto them walking on the sea, and the disciples saw him walking on the sea. And notice what it says. They were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come to thee on the water. There's always those things that's going to come in your life that's going to bring some fear into your hearts. When we got the phone call, I'll be honest with you, a, your heart just kind of drops and there's a little bit of fear. How bad is it going to be? It's the same way in your life when you get that phone call or when something happens, there's that immediate drop of your heart, you might say, in fear. But my friend, understand that we need faith to help us through those times. We need that faith. We need to learn to walk by faith, not by sight, not by seeing what has happened, not by seeing what's going on, not by looking at the waves, not by looking at the, the storm that's around us. Notice that they cried out for fear. It wasn't because of the storm. They'd been in the storm for a little while. But it was because that they seen something that was unknown to them. They seen the Lord come walking on the water. They had never seen anybody walk on water before. Uh, I'm sure that none of us have either. They'd never seen that happen before. And so there was a fear. What, what's, what is this? What's going on? Is this a spirit? What are we seeing here? And there was a fear that came into them. And the Bible says that they cried out for fear. I want you to notice there, but when Jesus spoke to them, the fear gave way to faith. It says, but straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And I want you to know something this morning. I don't know what storm you're going through or whether you're in a storm or whether you come out of a storm or whether you're getting ready to go in a storm. But can I tell you something? That there's one thing that'll comfort, uh, that'll comfort you and calm your heart. And that's when you hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. That's when you turn your heart to him and you begin to listen to what he has to say. Verse 20 says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come to thee on the water. Peter's asking for the impossible now. Here just a few moments before, he was fearful. He was afraid of what he'd seen. Now his faith, he has a measure of faith that has come up within him. And he's saying, Lord, if it's you, would you let me come to you? Would you call me and let me to come step out of this boat into the water and walk on the water to you? Something else that was impossible. His faith began to grow a little bit. The fear gave over to faith. You know, it sure makes that difference when you do hear that voice of the Lord. It'll change your, your, your way of looking at things. But Peter's faith soon begin to change. His faith turns back to fear because of what he saw here. As we said, we've been talking about how our sight, what we see, is changing us from walking by faith many times. He becomes distracted here. Notice here in verse 29 again, or, or in verse 30, notice here it says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. Peter got distracted by what he saw. Here's Peter. He's in the ship. He sees Jesus coming. He, Jesus identifies himself, and he hears the voice of his Savior. He hears the voice of Jesus Christ, and he said, Lord, if it is you, then bid me to come to you. And the Lord said, come. So he steps out of the boat. Of course, he don't step like this. He gets over the side of the boat, and begins to. he takes a few steps towards the Lord. 
He's, he's walking by faith now. He said, Lord, if it's you, let me walk. And he's thinking, if, if he can walk on the, on the water, and if I put my trust in him, and I ask him to uh, allow me to come walking on the water to him, and he says that, he, that I can come, then I believe I can come. I believe I can walk on that water and come. That's all, no doubt, going through his mind real quickly. And so he steps out of the boat, and he's, by faith, he begins to walk on the water. You know, a lot of people give Peter a, a hard way to go because of his doubt that he had and when he began to sink. But he still holds the record outside of Jesus Christ of walking on water. He really does. There's not been anybody since that I know of that has ever walked on water unless it was a frozen lake or something. And the fact is, is that he began to walk on the water to, to really, cons and he, he begins to, but the problem is he got distracted. He began to look around. He, his faith began to turn to fear. I want you, first of all, to realize that he got distracted from the person of Jesus Christ. He got distracted from the person of Jesus Christ. To really consider the storm, he had to look around instead uh, uh, of looking at, at Jesus Christ. And instead of keeping his eyes focused on Jesus Christ, he began to look around, no doubt. He began to see the waves rolling up, and he seen the, the wind uh, uh, hitting the waves, and he seen how that they were sloshing and how the wind was blowing against his, his clothes, and he felt that wind and the sea in his face, and he began to look around. My friend, he began to walk by sight then. It was, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I'm out here on the ocean now. Several years ago, we took, and, I, and I've mentioned this before, we, we took teenagers to what is called the ropes. Ropes is a, a, a kind of, I don't know if you call it an obstacle course. It's a challenging course, really, to get them to trust. We did a lot of different things, but one of the things that I remember is they had a log that was, that was suspended in the air, and you would get on a platform here, and you would have to walk across that log that was suspended on these ropes. And that every time you would take a step on that log, the log would, would sway back and forth like this. Go back and forth. And so everybody, you know, nobody wanted to get up on it. And, of course, I was there, you know, and I was the youth pastor, and I was the leader and everything. And so the, the leader of the ropes, he says, you go first. I said, oh, let the teens go. I mean, this is their thing, you know. He said, no, why don't you go first and show them how to do it? He looked at me. He said, now, here's the deal. He said, I'm going to be on the other side. He said, whatever you do, he said, don't take your eyes off of me. He said, whatever you do, keep your eyes on me. He said, because if you take your eyes off of me, you're going to fall off that log. I thought, okay, I can do this. So I got up on the platform. I looked down like that. He said, <clears throat> I looked, back, I looked up at him like that there, and, and I was getting ready to step, and the first thing I did was, and he goes, <clears throat> So I take a deep breath, and I look at him, and I step on the log with one foot, and you feel it go, mm, forward. And the first thing you want to do is look down or look off to the side or listen to your teenagers laughing. <laughs> And so I was, I thought, I've got to keep my eyes on him. I've got to keep my eyes on him. So finally, I, I was able to, kept my eyes on him, and walked across that. And, of course, the whole time you could feel it going back and forth. And as once I stopped, and I could feel it as I was standing there going back and forth. 
He said, keep on coming. <laughs> Made it across. I looked at teenagers and said, see, no big deal. <clears throat> but the whole thing was this, keeping my eyes on him. Peter's problem was this, when he stepped out of the boat, he no doubt had his eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was trusting what Jesus Christ had just said to him. But then he began to look around. Notice it says that he saw the wind. He saw the waves. He saw how, how terrible it was. And it began to bother. Hey, listen, he began to doubt. He began to fear. He began to struggle with inside of him. The wind and the waves distracted him from looking at Jesus Christ. One of the first things that's going to happen in your life is that if, is you're going to, Satan's going to try to get you to get your eyes off of the Lord. As a Christian, he's going to try to distract you and get your eyes off of following the Lord. We've, the song, a song that we sing many times is, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. It says, O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see? There's light for a look at the Savior, a life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. We're to turn our eyes upon Jesus Christ, but we get so distracted. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Oh, how we need to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're in that storm, you need to keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're going through the difficulties and you're having to trust the Lord, keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. When you, when you get the news that you didn't want to hear, get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and keep them there. Don't be looking around at this problem. Don't be looking around at that trouble. Don't be looking around at this storm. Don't be looking at, that, at this problem over here. But keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the second thing that you notice there is that he was distracted not only from the person of Jesus Christ, but he was distracted from what Jesus Christ had said and the promise that he had there. Look there in verse 28 29. And Peter answered, and said, answered him and said, Lord, if, if it be thou, bid me to come on, uh, uh, to the, unto thee on the water. Notice verse 29 says, And he said, Come. Come. He forgot. That the Lord told him, okay, come on. He forgot that within that, okay, come was a promise that you can come to me on the water. He forgot the promise that the Lord had given him. Just a few seconds before, he had forgot, he had forgot what the Lord had said there. How often we get distracted from what the Lord has already told us. His word is true and his word is settled and he's, he's true and, and he's unchanging. He changes not. And yet we forget so many times what he's told us. In Psalms 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. But yet, what, what is it in our lives that we, we forget so quickly, it seems like when the storm comes, we forget what the Lord has told us. We forget what the Bible has, has written and what the Lord has written to us in the Word of God. We forget that His promises, this book is full of promises to you and me. And yet when the storm comes so many times, we, we turn and we try to figure it out and we're, we're looking someplace else. We're looking to man's wisdom. We're looking to what somebody else said. We're looking to what we think instead of what God has said and what God has promised. 
he done forgot that the Lord had already told him, come on. And in your storm, and in your troubles, you need, not, you need to make sure that you don't get distracted from what the Word of God says. You need to make sure that you don't get distracted from the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God as He, as, as he leads you and He guides you. You see, this holy book has a, the unchanging promises of the Lord, and we, but soon we get distracted by the storms and we fail to walk by faith as He's told us in His Word. Then we find another distraction that Peter had. Peter was distracted from what had, he had experienced through the person of Jesus Christ, his Lord and Savior. Verse 29, it says, and he said, come, and, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, notice what it says. He walked. He walked on the water. Peter had just experienced walking on the water. But he forgot it. Prior to that, we find that just a few hours prior to that, as the disciples all came and Peter was among them, came to Jesus and said, why don't you send all these people away? They need to go get something to eat. It's late in the day and they need to go get something to eat. And, and then they seen Jesus take those five loaves and two fishes and break them. They seen how that he had taken those five loaves and two fishes and they had distributed it among all the people and they had fed over 5,000 people, 5,000 plus. And then they took up 12 basketfuls of fragments. Peter had soon forgot what he had experienced just a few hours before. What God had showed him in his life. He ate of the same fish. He ate of the same bread that had been broken by the hand of God. And yet he had forgotten what he had just experienced in seeing God do great things. Then he forgot what... What had taken place when he stepped out of that boat. You know, the very first thing that would have been on my mind. And, and you know, they, they wore sandals and maybe he didn't have on sandals at that time. He might not have had on any shoes at all. He might have already taken them off being in the boat or whatever. He might have taken them off. But I would think that, you know, the very first thing, as soon as you step that foot into that, uh, out, out of that boat and, and all of a sudden you feel something solid to stand upon, your feet's not wet, you're not going down to your ankle, you're not going down to your knee. You're not going down to your waist. And you're beginning to take a step after a step after a step towards Jesus Christ who's standing on the water. You would think that that experience alone, that old Peter said, Whoa, man, this is good. Let's play some baseball out here. <laughs> but he got distracted. He got distracted from the person of Jesus Christ keeping his eyes on him. He got distracted from the promises of God, of what the Lord had told him to come. He got distracted from the experiences of, of walking on the water, of seeing what Jesus Christ had just done a few hours earlier, the power of God in feeding the five thousands. He had seen other things that, and experienced other things that Jesus Christ had done, not only in the lives of others, but in his own life. We sit here this morning and many times we get distracted and we forget what God has done in our lives already. What He's doing in our lives now. And what He said He would do in our lives in the future. 
We get distracted by the storm, by the problems, by the difficulties. There's so many things that distract us. It can be the problems or it can be the, the cares of the world. It can be the job. It can be the finances. It can be the health. It, you name it. There's all kinds of things that can distract us and get us to where we're not paying attention. And we begin to walk by sight and not by faith. I, I don't know about you, but... Here's what I would have done if I was about ready to walk on that water. <laughs> Pretty good. Hang on to me, boys. Okay, I'm going to hang on. I'd have been looking for the rocks. And where they were, there was no rocks. You know how deep that? It's 141 foot deep in the Sea of Galilee. 141 feet. How do you know, preacher? Did you major it? No, I looked it up. <laughs> and he no doubt tested it. And the testing was true. And he was experiencing walking on water. You're sitting here this morning. If you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you experience the saving grace of Jesus Christ in your heart and life. That should be enough right there to say, you know what? My God can do anything. There's all kinds of lies represented here this, this morning. There's all kinds of needs represented here this morning. There's all kinds of things that happen in people's lives before they receive Jesus Christ their Savior. But oh, how he reached down and how he changed your life. And you experienced that. No doubt many in here today, you've experienced the answer to prayer in your life. You've experienced seeing God do great and mighty things, not only in your life, but in the lives of others. I could stand here all day and all through the night and can tell you story after story after story after story of seeing the hand of God do this and do that and do this and do that and do this. But can I tell you something? Even after seeing all that, sometimes I get distracted by the storm. Sometimes I get distracted by the storm. And I forget what he's done. Oh, how we need to realize that there's things in this life that can distract us. We find that he got distracted because of, of the wind and because of the waves. Your faith will be strengthened as you remember and as you thank the Lord for what he's done in your past and what he's doing in your life now and what he's do, going to do. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, it says, Wherefore, I will, not, uh, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, Though ye know them and establish and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir up, stir you up by the putting you in remembrance. 
And what Peter is saying, he's saying, listen, he said, there's a need that, that I put you in remembrance. There's a need that you remember what God has done in your heart and life. He said, there's a need in your faith to be able to walk by faith and not by sight. You've got to remember what God has done in your heart and life, how he's changed you, how he's worked in your life, how he's answered prayer, what he's doing, what he's going to do. He said, I want you to remember. Peter began to sink because of being distracted by the storm. We find there in verse 30, he says, and we saw the wind boisterous. He was afraid and began and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. He cried out. So Peter, who stepped out of the boat by faith, he took the first step, but now he began to walk by sight and not by faith, and he began to sink. Can I tell you, every time in your life, spiritually, when you begin to walk by sight, when you begin to look around, when you begin to doubt because of what you're looking at instead of by trusting the Lord Jesus Christ and what he said he would do, you're going to sink. I see it continually, Christians who, who maybe at one time were strong Christians and now they begin to look around and the storms come and the doubts come and the fears come and they begin to sink. When you begin to walk by sight and not by the Word of God, the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you're going to begin to sink in the stormy waters of this whole world. But when Peter realized he was sinking, he cried out to the one that he had faith in that could save him, and that was Jesus Christ. He cried out. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 31, there it says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. I, 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 I like to imagine in my mind how these things come together. And I can see how that, that Peter's beginning to sink. And maybe at first it was down to the ankles. And, and he looks down and he sees that he's down to his ankles. And now it's about midway of, of, his, of his lower leg. And, and now he's starting to sink. It's about to his knees. And he, no doubt he cries out, Lord, save me. He's seen that he was sinking. Well, the great need today is for us to cry out to the Lord, Lord, save me. There may be some here today that you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, but can I tell you something? The only way that you can be saved is by crying out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Church membership won't save you. Putting money in an offering plate won't save you. Being baptized won't save you. It's only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He went to Calvary, died in your place and my place, that we could have eternal life, that we could know him as our personal Savior. My friend, I remember that day in, in 1975 on, in the middle of May uh, on a Wednesday night calling on him and asking him to come to my heart and life and save me. I've not always been what I ought to be, but my friend, I'm not what I was. Amen. I'm saved and on my way to heaven. He cried out. And I think about that, how that, that took place. And when he cried out and there was something happened. There was something happened. Blake, come up for a minute. I want you to sit on that lower step, just like, just like you're down in the water there. He cried out. And when he cried out, he was, I don't know how deep he was. Could I say this? He wasn't drowning yet. Let me say that again because some of you are so fearful. He wasn't drowning yet when he cried out. He cried out. And what happened? It, the Bible says the Lord reached down and took him by the hand. Guess what? When he picked him up, he wasn't in the boat yet. 
I believe the Lord hung onto that hand so that he would have the faith, knowing that the Lord's going to be there for him. And now he's standing on top of the water again. And I believe the Lord said, come on. He helps him back in the boat. Jesus gets back. He said, preach it's not in the scripture. I'll read it my way. You read it yours. <laughs> Jesus helped him in the boat. Jesus got in that ship with him. And the storm ceased. Can I tell you something? When you're in the boat with Jesus Christ, the storm will always cease. But the need this morning is this. Get back down there. Whether you're saved or whether you're lost, the need is this, to crawl out, to call out. Help me. <laughs> That's pretty weak, buddy. <laughs> I think I'll let it get up around the neck before I help you. <laughs> when he reached down, he took him by the hand. Today, some of you are going through a storm. You don't know what the answer is. You feel like you're sinking. You've been looking at the storm around you. Your need is to call out and let him take you by the hand. To trust him. To follow him. To be where you want, need to be, right at his side. Oh, every Christian here, our walk ought to be this close with the Lord. That he can take us by the hand and put us back in the boat. If you're lost this morning and you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, he's standing waiting for you to call on him. Save me. You say, well, preacher, how deep do I have to get before I need to call? I don't know how deep Peter was. It might have been to the ankles. Might have been to the knees. Might have been to the waist. But he wasn't drowning yet. But what if he would have been stubborn? And it went over his head. He couldn't have called out then. You may be sitting here this morning. You've been waiting. Spiritually, you're sinking deeper and deeper, getting close to an eternal fire. Getting closer and closer and closer. So I'm not drowning yet, preacher. No, but your next step, you may be. Preacher, it's just up to my waist. But it can go from your waist over your head pretty quick. You need to call on the Lord to save you this morning. He said he'd reach down and he'd take a hold of you, just like Peter. Thank you, buddy. He'll lift you up and pull you into that solid boat. Too many times today we're distracted by what we see. And we walk by sight and not by faith. You see, your faith will be strengthened as you remember and as you thank the Lord. As you allow Him to work in your heart and life and draw you near. You see, fear distracts us and blinds the eyes of faith. Peter had faith, but he began to fear. He got distracted. Can I ask you this morning, are you distracted? Oh, preacher, I just got so many problems. I got this going on, I got that going on. You're distracted, aren't you? Well, I just don't have time for, you know, I don't have time for the Bible. I don't have time for that. You're distracted. I don't have, you're distracted. And my friend, when you get distracted, you're going to sink. When you get distracted, 
you're going to sink. The best thing for you to do today, quit worrying about all the things in this world. Quit letting all this stuff eat you alive. Get your eyes on Jesus Christ. Get your heart set on his promises and his word and the Holy Spirit of God. And remember what he's done in your life and what he's doing in your life and what he said he's going to do. My friend, distractions will sink you. But the hand of God will lift you back to that place of faith. Get back. You see, preacher, I don't know how to handle the storm. Some of you are sitting here just like those disciples, rowing just as hard as you can to get to the other side to get out of your storm. Can I tell you something? You've been praying, God, get me out of this storm, get me out of this storm, get me out of this storm. Why should he get you out of your storm until you learn to trust him by faith? He's got you right where he wants you. He's got you right where you need to be so that you can learn to trust him by faith. To walk by faith, not by sight. Get your eyes off of the things around you and get them on the Lord. Let's bow. Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for your mercies. So many times, Lord, we become distracted. The things of this world, Lord, cause us to sink. Help us to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, I don't know the hearts of the people here. You do. Lord, there may be those who need to come. Lord, the storm's been raging around them, and they feel like they're sinking. They feel like they can't hardly get a breath. Lord, help them to call on you. Save me, Lord. Help me. May they put their faith in you and, and trust you and begin to walk by faith, knowing that you'll take a hold of their hand, even at this very moment. The lost that you'd save them, but Christians that you would, that you would, would help them through the storm and build their faith in the storm. Be with us now, Lord, in this invitation. May your will be done. Let's pray in Jesus' name.